Shri Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanande So we're gathered on the auspicious eve of the Tirubhav, well, evening, I should say, of the day, uh, celebrating, commemorating the Tirubhav, the disappearance of Pujapad, Om Vishnupad, Bhakti, Sri Rakrak, Sri Radev Goswami Maharaj. Tirubhav Mahamahotsava, Sri Radev Goswami Maharaj, Ki Jai. So I wanted to speak tonight a little bit about the history of our coming in touch with Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, a history that uh, many of you are not entirely familiar with, perhaps, and um, a history, I think, that has been distorted or misrepresented or uh, not been told that widely by those who had more direct uh, experience, but uh, rather told and uh, disseminated uh, here and there by persons who had imbibed history uh, somewhat second-hand, and that only in, in part. So it's an important history in the Vaishnav community, and particularly in uh, relation to uh, the Bhaktivinoda Puribhar, the family uh, lineage stemming from Thakur Bhaktivinoda. <coughs> so, of course, Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj and, um, was, was initiated by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur as, as our um, Mr. Pad, Sri Asi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada uh, was. They were god brothers. And... Uh, they were friends also in um, in the service of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who had many, many disciples. Um, so they were acquainted with one another, they were close with one another. Um, and although Prabhupada himself, my Guru Maharaj, there's two Prabhupads here, Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta and Prabhupada Bhakti Vedanta, my Guru Maharaj, uh, he uh, was not uh, involved much directly in the missionary activities of Gaudiya Math as a householder. <clears throat> he um, maintained a connection <clears throat> with the institutions of Bhakti Sansarasthi Thakur as much as time allowed him, I would say, in all of his spare time and with all his dis- disposable, as they like to call it, income that would go in that uh, direction of of the mission. <clears throat> and and he uh, mentioned, Prabhupada mentioned, that um, on an, a number of occasions, he, when he did have the opportunity to speak with Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, he conceived that, or Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur told him, that he should try to bring Sridhar Marsh out for for preaching. Of course, Sridhar Marsh was doing preaching in the mission. Um, he had taken responsibility in, for the Madras moth, and I think he, uh, with, uh, with with others, 
with him in charge, started that moth, and uh, he was stationed in other places, Kurukshetra, for some time, and so forth, in the direction of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. But uh, he did have an inward nature rather than an outgoing nature. And the inward nature brought him a lot of inner inner wealth that um, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur clearly wanted to see uh, distributed. And Prabhupada had a very outgoing nature, so maybe he thought that, that uh, the connection the two of them would uh, work well well together. Uh, so, Prabhupada mentioned this when he introduced us to Sridhar Maharaj for the first time in Mayapur. Uh, but I'll come to that uh, that incident. But, but prior to that, um, as I mentioned, there appears to have been some things that Bhaktisant Sarsitakar said to our Prabhupada about, about Sridhar Maharaj from Prabhupada's own words. We, we understand that. And... Uh, encouraged him in some way to uh, take advantage of or help uh, to uh, facilitate the preaching of Sridhar Maharaj. He was a, a sannyasi uh, who had taken sannyas directly from Bhakti Siddhartha That was a very significant uh, position to hold in the preaching field. And uh, Prabhupada did assist Sridhar Maharaj in preaching, I believe in Bombay, and where he was stationed for, for, for some time. And uh, but more significantly, after the departure of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, um, Prabhupada and Sri Ramarsh came into a uh, very close association. Sri Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur had again indicated the uh, deep realization and his confidence in Sri Ramarsh near the time of his passing when he asked. At the time, thereabout, close to, within days or hours of his passing, a song about of Narutam aspiring to have the shelter of Sri Rupa, Rupa Manjari, Rupa Goswami, in the Aprakat uh, Leela. <coughs> uh, he chose Sri Dharmaraj, he said, because his voice was not sweet, but he had realization. And he wanted to hear the song sung by someone who had deep realization. He had said other things about Bhujapadrita Maharaj also, that he had wanted to send him to the West at first, that he had confidence that uh, his uh, teaching would be uh, preserved in the person of Sridhar Maharaj, that Sridhar Maharaj could never be converted. Uh, many of the disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Sosri have different compliments that uh, their Guru Maharaj paid with them. Our Prabhupada, of course, had some as well. Um, but these are some. He, he, uh, he, he, other things he said about Puja Patrita Maharaj, he nicknamed him Shastra Nipun, a scriptural uh, genius. Shastra Nipun is a term that's used in Chaitanya Charitamrita in Bengali in reference to the Uttamadikari and also by Rupa Goswami in Bhaktarasamrita Sindhu. <coughs> the capacity to draw from, in a genius, like Nipuna means genius, from scriptures and bring out deep uh, meanings and so forth. Shastra Yukti requires Shastra Nipuna. Mm -hmm. So, um, after then the the, the, um, uh, passing of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, the mission uh, went in different directions. There were two major 
branches, so to speak, that it's split into. And Pujapachita um, Marshwana was not directly involved in that, neither was Prabhupada. Chidamarsh <clears throat> remained aloof uh, from that. He was not a member of the GBC, and he didn't have an inclination towards um, management. There was a split in the Gaudiya Math um, as to how the succession should go on. Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthitaka had not named anybody. He advised them to form a governing body and and uh, kind of look for a self-effulgent uh, person that it would evolve naturally, so to speak. And uh, in their uh, meetings, I guess some thought that... Uh, we're a little more pressed to to uh, anoint someone and um, maybe prematurely uh, label them as self-effulgent. And so one group, once half of the GBC, felt that uh, one person was uh, fit to lead them in that regard because of things that Bhagavad and Sarsti Thakur had said about it. And then the person, uh, well, the person's name was Anantavasudev, he was a brahmachari. Mm-hmm. And as I say, that you can find amongst um, a number of the leading disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur, um things that he said about them, charming things, profound things, compliments, um, things that would draw our attention to them, think that they were worth listening from. I've heard those uh, about Madhav Maharaj, about Keshav Maharaj, about... Shridhar Maharaj about our Prabhupada and so forth, and also about Anantavasudev. And uh, there's no one who has a longer list, actually, of compliments than, than Anantavasudev. <laughs> it was ama- amazing the things that Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthitaka said about him, very close to Bhaktisiddhanta. So uh, some wanted him to take the charge, and then another who had been the manager of the moth, uh, Kunjabi Haridas, who later became Tirtha Maharaj, was a very responsible for so much of the preaching because he he took the management by the horn, so to speak. He he saw Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur with his inspiration, his enthusiasm, his his realization, and he thought this should be organized in such a way that it, that it's that what he is about that that's facilitated and others get to take part in that. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsthitakur apparently was not as much of a manager as he was an inspiring kind of a person. Uh, so uh, Kunja Baba, Kunja Haridas, he became the main manager, the manager of Gaudiya Math, and uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsthitakur placed the entire responsibility practically of managing on his shoulders. And um, so much of the success of Gaudiamath was due to his management. Some people saw him as like, well, they were a team almost. They were so, uh, the inspiration and the manager and so forth. Of course, there's a difference between the two (laughs) at the same time. And I don't mean to take anything away from um, Tirtha Maharaj, but at any rate, some people felt, felt, and Tirtha Maharaj apparently himself felt that he should be the successor. So there was a, a difference and a kind of a split. And um, the matter was brought to Sridhar Maharaj, who was not involved, but it was brought to him because he was known to be objective. 
and detached and so they wanted an objective and detached opinion so they brought him the two sides and he said well if I'm to be asked if you're asking me what my opinion is what I would think I would say that Tirthamarsh wants to be in charge and there are some other sannyasis that want to be in charge. Ananda Vasudeva has expressed no desire to be the leader. Hmm? They are sannyasis, and sannyasi carries with it a, is, is a designation, and it will bring attention to people. Who's a sannyasi? People will come and pay their respects and so forth. So there's always a chance that pride will come. Hmm? And so they have to be militant to watch out for pratishta. So it's possible that there's some pratishta behind their desire. Hmm? Uh, it's not that Ananta Vasudeva is pure, but at least he's not expressing any interest. So perhaps, and he's a brahmachari, hmm? so he might be a better choice than Sarasri Thakur did have a lot of confidence in him. Hmm? So yes, my opinion, that's my opinion. <laughs> so his opinion was was taken seriously by some, and so some people went with the Tirtha Marsh and some, and Kunja Baba, Tirtha Marsh, he um, encouraged other sannyasis to come with him on his side, support him in a fight against Ananta Vasudeva, and that he would then, with their help upon being victorious, they would all be acharyas, you know, several of them, in a mission. Yeah, yeah. So they came on his side, and Shridharmash was not involved at all. Prabhupada was not involved. Hmm. And, um, you know, I, it sounds terrible, but it, it, these things are difficult. So I, I don't mean to paint a picture that it's just black and white. These ones are right, that one, those ones are wrong. They shouldn't have been fighting at all. Maybe there's some truth to that, but these are difficult times. So the passing of a great and powerful Acharya, and there's. Who's going to lead us now? How will we go on? And so forth. So, that, you know, you have to think with all your human sensibilities and, and Vaishnava experience. Some of yours is limited, but some of yours is not as limited. And you've seen problems like this over the years and so forth. So that's dif- difficult. Hmm? It's not easy to sum it up in, in, in a short talk like this and give the full perspective. There may be faults on some part, person's part. There may be a lot of good on the same person's part as well. So, we honor all of the disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati talk, or even ones that might have shown how not to be, uh, to one extent or another. We'll consider that the divine arrangement for our uh, instruction. <clears throat> so it's difficult to talk about all of them. There may be some black hats and some white hats, as it seems, but uh, that's what we still call that all a play, all an arrangement of the divine for our instruction. That's a safe way to proceed. Then we can avoid the black hats, follow the good hats, and not offend the black hats either. <laughs> that would be good for us. So, at any rate, um, it went on for some time. And uh, properties were uh, divided up and so forth. Shudomars at different times was again called in for some advice to try to heal the thing. And um, um, he gave advice, but at any rate, uh, Tirtha Marsh had the yoga pit, 
birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ananda Vasudev had other moths. I think he was in charge of all the other moths. And his capital uh, main place station was in was in uh, Calcutta, the Bhag Bazaar Moth, famous marble temple. So um, anyway, it went on for some time and and the promise of Tirtha Maharaj to the other Acharyas, they helped him get established and so forth and then he didn't give them a place. Hmm? So they were not very pleased with that and they went on to on their own. Hmm? Like I have, for example. They went on their own. Hmm? And um, Keshav Maharaj and uh, Madhav Maharaj and others went and they established their own missions on their own strength. And uh, Sridhar Maharaj was... Uh, uh, um, had, during those years, he was... Uh, uh, he spent six of them living with Prabhupada. Prabhupada had a flat two flats in Calcutta, and he invited Sridhar Marsh to stay there. And this uh, fighting was going on. Other people were going and establishing their own moths independently. Tirtha Marsh said, this is the real Gaudiya Moth official and place, and Nantavasadeva had his take on it. Eventually, uh, Nantavasadeva um, uh, proved himself un- unqualified in, in some respects, and... Uh, it became a huge problem for the many people following him. Um, anyway, during this period, at least six years, this period, Prabhupada, and Sridhar was living in Prabhupada's house, in a flat next to his, which was owned by Prabhupada. So he lived with Prabhupada, ate his meals there, and uh, knew Prabhupada and his family intimately. Six years, it's a good amount of time. And uh, Prabhupada would organize some preaching and Sridhar Marsh would give the classes. Prabhupada wrote about that time and said that he had wanted to form, or he spoke about it, I should say, to us in Mayapur, said that he had wanted to form, and it's been recorded, that he wanted to form a mission with uh, Sridhar Marsh at the head. So he wanted to go, that time, independent as well from these two fighting sectors which were in court over the properties and so forth. And they wanted to make Sridhar Marsh the Acharya but again, Sridharmash had this uh, introverted nature, and so he gravitated more naturally towards that. Hmm? And um, ultimately, he decided that he wanted to settle in Navadweep and just do his bhajan, hmm? which is not just anybody can decide to do that. It's not so easy to do. But um, he went to Ekchakra, the birthplace of Nityananda Prabhu, and thought he's the presider over the Dom, and so I'll let me get his his blessing. So he stayed at Ekchak for some time, prayed to Nityananda Prabhu for permission to establish some place where he would live in the Dom and do his bhajan. And he said he got the distinct impression back from Nityananda Prabhu in his heart that you ask me for your mercy, but you don't give your mercy to anybody. In other words, you're asking me your mercy to stay in the Dom, but you don't give the wealth that you have that enables you to really stay there and do budget, you don't share it because you don't give initiation to others. For example, Prabhupada's sister wanted to be initiated by Sridhar Marsh, second initiation. She got Harinam from Bhakti Siddhanta, and Sridhar Marsh just felt that he was not, uh, wasn't inclined to initiate, which is a good sign. Other people may be eager for the post, and, you know, as I say, that may 
uh, it may be suspicious for that. So he was very uh, reluctant. But after this impression he got from Dhanandapu, he thought, okay, I'll strike a deal with him. I'll stay in the Dham. I won't go here and there and everywhere seeking disciples. But if any sincere people come, I won't turn them away either. It was kind of a compromise. And so he went, and um, with the help of Keshav Maharaj, who Prabhupada took sannyas from, who took sannyas from Sridhar Maharaj, Keshav Maharaj took, yeah, took sannyas from Sridhar Maharaj. He um, got some land, and it's actually next to the Devananda Gaudiya Mata of Keshav Maharaj. And there he set up his camp in a hut and lived there, and uh, some people came, a few people. And uh, he initiated them, and, it, uh, and he did his bhajan there. Hmm? And if sincere people would come, he would he would tender to them, and so forth. So he was uh, living in this way, and um, other god brothers were becoming successful in their preaching mission. And the battle was going on between Anantavasudev and Tirtha Maharaj. Anantavasudev succumbed to some moral um, improprieties and. Uh, lost his position. Tirtha Maharaj then thought that he had prevailed and won, so to speak. Um, meanwhile, other missions were, were going on and, uh, and flourishing. And um, in due course, of course, Prabhupada started his own uh, mission. It's apparent from Prabhupada's history uh, that uh, that these things were, as I say, very nuanced and hard to sort out. Hmm? It's apparent from some of his letters that he, like others, many others, supported Anantavasudev, hmm? although he wasn't active in the mission. Hmm? Um, and later upon the uh, fall of Anantavasudev, when Prabhupada um, was really seriously thinking about Maybe I should take sannyas, and and uh, that will assist me for preaching and so forth. And he had written some books, and he thought, well, I, you know, I should work with a mission. Hmm? I think he'd been living in Vrindavan at the time he wrote the Tirtamarsh, and, and with, uh, with the idea to take sannyas from 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 Tirtamarsh and the mission of Bhakti, you know, which was claimed to be the official mission. Um, but uh, Tamaraj told him, first you come and join. We'll see about sannyas later. Right now we are printing the books of Bhakti Vinod, so we're not that concerned about printing your books. First come and join ISKCON, you know, then we'll talk, you know, it's kind of like that. You know. First come and join the mission, and we'll talk about, you know, what, you know what, how you will be able to serve it, something like that. Now, Prabhupada uh, didn't take that too well, and instead he went to... Uh, Keshav Maharaj and took sannyas from Keshav Maharaj. He actually wanted to take sannyas from Sridhar Maharaj first. Sridhar Maharaj told me the story. And uh, he, he said, I had doubts that Prabhupada's family would come and tear down my moth, you know, because I know them very well, his wife and children, they would come, you know, and cause a disturbance. And uh, so I thought maybe, you know, you could take some sannyas somewhere else. Just kind of shows their, you know, how close he was to the family and so on. Um, and he thought, also he mentioned maybe it was a little sudden, you know, just leaving his family, you know, maybe he should wait. And he said, but he, he just went, took from Keshav Maharaj, and he was glorifying him in that way when he, when he told me the story. 
At any rate, Prabhupada took sannyas from Keshav Maharaj. Then he stayed in Keshav Maharaj's moth uh, for some time. He was the editor of the magazine, that um, the equivalent of the back to God or the harmonist. Each of these sects had their own you know, equivalent of the harmonist, which was the magazine of Bhakti Siddhanti, which was the, previously the magazine of Bhakti Vinod and named Sajanatoshini there. Hmm? Sajanatoshini, for the pleasure of gentlemen, it means. And so then Prabhupada. Bhaktisiddhanta renamed it the Harmonist, and then each of these moths had their own, the Back to Godhead, the, this one and that one and the other one. So Prabhupada was the editor for Keshav Marsh's magazine. He's working in Keshav Marsh's mission, and he understood how it worked, <clears throat> the structure of it and so forth. And uh, eventually Prabhupada felt that his um, ambition to serve Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsati Thakur would be greater, better fulfilled if he went on his own. And, and especially if he could get to America. So he, he left Geshe Maharaj's mission and continued his writing and tried to come to the West to preach. Um, <clears throat> and of course, um, ultimately he, he did and he was successful. And he used to write to Sridhar Maharaj from time to time and ask his counsel. Um, once, for example, he asked him, my health is bad, I've had a heart attack. I don't know, should I go back to the Dom, to Vrindavan? I could die at any time, or should I stay in the field preaching? Sridhar Maharaj wrote back and told him he should stay in the field preaching, that's my advice, and and so forth. When Prabhupada returned to India for the uh, first time, I believe, with his disciples, kind of triumphantly bringing them, he had wanted to um, get a house, and he was prepared to pay for it and so forth, at Tirtamarsh's place, which was the, the Yogapit, uh, birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that where a moth had been established and by Bhaktisiddhanta and Bhaktivinoda and Tirtamarsh was in charge of that. So Prabhupada wanted a house for his foreign students. They could come to Mayapur and stay in that house. And so he, there's correspondence between him and Tirtamarsh. So see, even after this, he's still, you know, he's interacting with different God brothers in different ways and trying to cooperate and, and so on and so forth. And uh, everybody wasn't all bad, in his opinion. But Tirtha Maharaj did not respond in a way that was um, well-received by Prabhupada. Uh, and he, he wasn't willing to do that. I think he had some doubts about Western people and uh, their capacity perhaps to take, take to Krishna consciousness and so forth. And So Prabhupada was a little, quite put off by that, actually. And so he thought, I have to get my own, my own place. With Sridhar Maharaj, it helped him to get property in Mayapur when the other godbrothers tried to stop him. Um, and um, But anyway, when he first went back to India, as I was saying, he brought his disciples to Sridhar Maharaj's Mat. They stayed there in Sridhar Maharaj's Mat. They observed the Vyasa Puja for Sridhar Maharaj. And uh, Prabhupada told his disciples today, uh, we will see how the, the proper way to worship uh, the Guru. Hmm? And so there was a ceremony there. And Krishnas Babaji Maharaj, another f- famous disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta, was close with Sridhar Maharaj and Prabhupada. He sang there the uh, uh, the uh, he, he, hmm? yeah. He, at the end of the kirtan, he began singing Jai Prabhu Pada, Jai Prabhu Pada, Jai Prabhu Pada, Jai Prabhu Pada. Apparently, the disciples of Prabhupada hadn't been doing that. And so they liked that a lot, you know. And so they asked if they could they could do that, and Prabhupada said, "You can do it." So that became then that's the genesis of that 
starting in, in uh, apparently in in Iskon. Um, so um, anyway, he was warmly received by Bashida Maharaj and and so forth. And um, and uh, over the years, they had little little contact. And uh, another instance uh, of their their contact was when a couple of Prabhupada's disciples had stayed in India at his request to try to kind of get something going. And they were in Vrindavan and they were feeling a little lack for need of a good association. Another of Prabhupada's godbrothers in Vrindavan had tried to get some of them to join him, his mission, and at the time he didn't have a very good understanding perhaps of, of Prabhupada and his contribution so that didn't sit real well with Prabhupada. They wrote to Prabhupada's students about that. And he said, look, if you need a Siksha Guru, I can advise you of one competent godbrother of mine who you can go to. And his name is Bhakti Rakshak Sridhardev Goswami Maharaj in, in Navadweep. He said, uh, I accept him as my own Siksha Guru. So to speak of how you can benefit from his association, I know you'll be safe there. So Chutananda Maharaj, Prabhupada's Sanyas disciple, was uh, was the, the devotee then who went and stayed at Sridhar Maharaj's moth for, for quite some time in India, and he was safe there. And he was also um, benefited much by Sridhar Maharaj's Siksha. He used to give a different kind of a class than everybody else. It was unique and interesting and deep. Uh, so he, he he benefited and uh, much much appreciated Sridhar Maharaj's uh, association. So that's a famous letter, the first kind of written thing about Sridhar Maharaj that he's probably said he's my I accept him as my own Siksha Guru. So we go back now to the time when Prabhupada lived for six years together with Sridhar Maharaj in, in Prabhupada's house in Sitakanta Banerjee Lane in Calcutta. Prabhupada would arrange the preaching, Sridhar Maharaj would preach, sometimes Prabhupada would preach also, but they were writing their Gita commentaries there. Prabhupada was writing his, Sridhar Maharaj was writing his, so they exchanged notes and so forth. And about that, um, later in in Mayapur, when Prabhupada got his property in Mayapur and established, started to establish his moth, he invited Sridhar Maharaj over. And he introduced Sridhar Maharaj to many disciples who had come. I wasn't there at the time, but it's on film. Hmm? And he had Sridhar Maharaj sit on the same Vyasasan with him, and he introduced him as a pure devotee of Krishna. I have always known him to be a pure devotee of Krishna from the start. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur liked to encourage me to bring him out for preaching, and he would chuckle. He chuckled, and you know, remember in Bombay, you know, and they both chuckled and so forth, that kind of uh, rapport they had with one another. And uh, at that time, Sridhar Prabhupada said, and Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati liked that he would prepare me for coming to the West. Hmm? Hansadutta, Marja God, brother of mine, said that um, Prabhupada told him that everything I learned, I learned from Sridhar Marsh. In other words, he was kind of schooled in Gaudiya Siddhanta, it appears, to a large extent, directly by Sridhar Marsh, and not by Bhakti Siddhanta directly, because he wasn't directly in the mission and going to classes every day. And, so on and so forth. So he got a lot of time with Sridhar Maharaj, who shared with him, anyway, the wealth of his understanding of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's um, teachings. Prabhupada, you know, he told us this publicly, so I, I consider that Sridhar Prabhupada liked it 
Prabhupada arranged, he was saying that Sridhar Maharaj would prepare me for coming to the West. Hmm? So apparently Prabhupada valued his siksha. And um, and uh, this was another, again, kind of a formal introduction to a number of disciples, um, not just a few who had gone to India the first time, but at the first kind of larger gathering in Mayapur, um, introduced uh, Sridhar Maharaj in a very... Uh, with, with with glowing remarks, actually. I can't remember all of them, but these are the kind of things he was saying about him. Um, and so this is the, the beginning. And, and as you see here, while I'm talking, what we find is that there's uh, there are a lot of nuanced uh, dealings going on between Prabhupada and his godbrothers. And uh, after Tirtha Maharaj refused to help Prabhupada build that uh, hostile, you know, for his students, and uh, Prabhupada then went, has got his own property from that day on. You have to go past the yoga pith to get to Prabhupada's Shandadaya Mandir by car or walking. There's no other way to get there. You go by there, and um, Prabhupada would, would, would never stop, would never look. Hmm? He was upset with Tirtha Marsh. Hmm? <laughs> Uh, you know, because it's the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but it was the moth there was headed by Tirtha Maharaj, so Prabhupada would, he just went by. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> he would let us send us there to go to the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, show respect and so forth, but he wouldn't go. Everybody else who had moths, they would go there and stop and pay respect to the yoga peeth and so forth, but the Prabhupada didn't like that, <laughs> that too much. Hmm. Um, so, um, then another famous incident was that during the, Maya, the Mayapur festival, I was there, but I didn't, I didn't go to Navadvip. There was a gathering at Navadvip at Chitar Marsh's moth. Um, and so you have here, for example, now what I'm saying, there's Prabhupada and Chitar Marsh, they're two godbrothers. And they know other godbrothers. So you know what it's like. Use your human experience. Agni and I are friends. Agni has some friends. I have some friends. I might get along better with some of Agni's friends or less with some of them. I, think, I might think, why do you hang out with that guy? You know? <laughs> why, do you, why do you care about that guy? You know? uh, well, Agni says, well, you know, he's nice to me. You know? That kind of a thing. So this is the nature of relationships. So some of the devotees, they didn't really maybe like Prabhupada, didn't understand them. Shudra Marsh didn't agree with that, but he had a long-standing relationship with them that he had known for many, many years. They had been, you know, sannyasis and brahmacharis together in the mission and, and so forth. So he didn't just write them off. Um, that's just human nature. Hmm? He didn't agree with their complaints. Once they came and complained to Sridhar Marsh, this is why, why did they come and complain to Sridhar Marsh about Prabhupada? Because Prabhupada and Sridhar Marsh were very, very close. They came and complained that he's calling himself Prabhupada because they all called Bhaktisiddhanta Prabhupada. And here one of his, Prabhupada's Bhaktisiddhanta's disciples was calling himself Prabhupada. They thought it was very pompous. You know, who does he think he is? Prabhupada? <laughs> <laughs> Sound familiar? So, so they went and complained to Sridhar Marsh. Hmm. And Sridhar said, actually, I think it is right. You know, these are titles that the Guru can accept, Vishnupad, Prabhupada, 
you know, it's not wrong. The disciples should be allowed to glorify the Guru as they, they see fit. And uh, he told them that um, they were complaining about, Prabhupada had said, who cares for them? They're all just bell ringers. Bell ringers means they're just doing puja in the temple. And meanwhile, I'm going all over the world and preaching the glories of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All they can do is ring a bell. <laughs> they had some feisty, you know, <laughs> feelings towards one another. So, so that they complained. He says, "Well, you know, yeah, well, okay, maybe, but he's saying we're all bell ringers. What is this, you know, you know?" We, and then Jitamar said, "Actually, to be honest with you, if you could be a bell ringer in his mission, you'd be doing good. It's all over the friggin' world." He said, "You know, you know, he's doing something. You know, give him credit. You know." That was Sridharmarsh's, you know, response to these uh, these persons. Still, they would come around, you know, and 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 uh, and he maintained some, you know, relationship. He was very, you know, kind of unbiased and objective, and and and, and so forth, and straightforward in speech, as you as you can see. So, on this one occasion in in, in Mayapur, it was 1974. There was a gathering at Chidamarsh's moth. And so Prabhupada sent his disciples over there, mm-hmm. you know, to partake in that. And uh, and so different sannyasis were saying something. And so one sannyasi got up and began to glorify Prabhupada's preaching. And we have, you know, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission has been fulfilled. And the Western people are coming, you know, and they and they are chanting and, and all. Of course, they have not got the pure name, but they are chanting and... Uh, and, uh, yeah, and yeah, and so you know, well, what he meant, we're not sure, but Prabhupada didn't like it very much. You know, he, yeah, of course, they're not chanting purely. That may be true. Neither are so many of that guy's disciples chanting purely. But did he mean that Prabhupada didn't have the pure name to give, or you know, whatever? But anyway, he made a remark like that, <clears throat> and so the thing ended and whatnot, and the disciples of Prabhupada came back, and he says, what happened, what was it like, you know, and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, this is the one one remark amongst others that stood out, and they mentioned Prabhupada was, was upset with that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he he was like, kind of like, why Sridhar Marsh keeps these, lets these people come around, you know? We're friends, and he has this guy come around who says something like this, you know. So he was a little up, upset with Sridhar Marsh for 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 even having the person around, something like that. And then uh, the, a godbrother of mine wrote to Prabhupada afterwards about that event, hmm? glorifying Prabhupada in different ways. And Prabhupada back said, "Yeah, Sridhar Marsh, you know, you know why he keeps these people around. He, I mean, he is a, he he is spiritually. He at least he's really following Gaudiya Vaishnavism and all the practices and everything like that. But yeah, he he was a you know because of his opinion, the whole Gaudiya moth you know broke up. And I told you the history of that, you know. And uh, and he didn't they didn't form the GBC and uh, and so forth. So my advice is just stay away from them all. Hmm? Prophet wrote that it was like 1974. So, um, there were problems with some of Prabhupada's godbrothers, and we were, you know, gradually made aware of it. First, when I first joined um, in Los Angeles, we at the Sunday feast, I was uh, served behind the book table, hmm? sell books to guests, 
And uh, we had all these books that Prabhupada sent, uh, books written by different godbrothers of his, and Bhakti Siddhanta, Bhakti Vinod, all from Gaudiamat, little books. And and and, and uh, so, obviously, he wanted to work with him. He did with work with him to some extent. On another level, he got frustrated and so forth. And But he wanted to work with him as much as possible. But it, it didn't turn out to be that possible. But all of them... He maintained a respectful and and very friendly relationship with Sridhar Marsh, despite one place in which we find, you know, he was uh, expressed some disappointment in Sridhar Marsh. And basically, again, the point is that he keeps the company of these people, and some of them are envious of me. So, hmm, why does he do that? Yeah, was his kind of spirit. But in um, in uh, in, in 1977, we find that Prabhupada went again to Sridhar Maharaj, to his mat, and um, spoke with him. And he said to him, that is, it, it, Maharaj, why don't you come and live with me in Mayapur? My students are going to build a house for me in Mayapur, and I will build a second floor for you. We'll make an elevator so that you have no problem going up. Because he was very sick, Sridhar Maharaj. He practically couldn't move off his veranda for years and years. He was 90% blind. And Prabhupada was going all over the world preaching. Hmm? And they were only, what, one or two years apart in age. Um, so Sridhar never thought he'd outlive Prabhupada. And Prabhupada was invi- invited him at this time, please you come to Mayapur, stay there, I'll build a house for you, and my disciples from all over the world can come and hear from you. Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta wanted that I would bring you out. You know, this way the whole world will come to you. You don't have to go anywhere. Hmm? I don't want any, you know, you don't undergo any physical... Anxiety or trouble, you just sit and talk, and I'll make all arrangements. This is basically what Prabhupada said, it's my earnest desire. Hmm? And Siddhartha said, yes, maybe I can come sometimes, let us see. And, you know, he was kind of like, is he just flattering me, or, you know? And then he told us, he thought, that I'm going to pass away any day now, and he's running all over the world, you know, with full energy, so, you know. And what am I going to do with my moth? You know, these kind of thoughts going through his head, and... Maybe, and, and then Prabhupada went back to Mayapur and then he thought about it. And others who were with him more or less said, and I believe it, that Prabhupada thought, let's not pursue this because if he comes, great. But then other, other, other Godbrothers may come and they'll be problematic. So let's just let it, let it rest. So Shudam Marsh's own hesitation really met with Prabhupada's hesitation too. Hmm? And second thought, you know. But the spirit here has to be grasped. The spirit is that Prabhupada was confident. The Siksha, the Sridhar Marsh, was very valuable. And he wanted that his students would be able to take advantage of it. This is just another instance in which Prabhupada expressed that. And in the last days of Prabhupada's manifest presence amongst us, again Sridhar Marsh's name came up. My God, Brother Tamal Krishnamarsh asked that if he should pass away any day now, how will we perform the funeral? I was there and I was massaging Prabhupada's feet at the time. It was in, my, in Vrindavan. And Prabhupada said that for that, you can ask Narayan Maharaj in, in, in Mathura. Narayan Maharaj had presided over the sannyas ceremony. He's a disciple of Keshav Maharaj, a famous disciple of Keshav Maharaj, a world preacher he, he, he turned out to be in the end. Um, but he uh, presided over the sannyas, the, the, uh, the ritual, for Prabhupada's sannyas, when Keshav Maharaj gave him sannyas, and they um, 
he would come and see Prabhupada sometimes in Vrindavan before Prabhupada came to America and so forth. They had some relationships, so he said, Narayan Maharaj is there, he knows this kind of thing, so you call him. And then Tamal Krishnamar said, after you leave the world, is there anybody else that we can consult with? And he said, for philosophy, my godbrother B.R. Sridharmaraj of Navadvip. Hmm. So, after Prabhupada departed from the world, Ryan Marsh was called and he presided over the Samadhi ceremony and so forth. And he was right there in Mathura. And uh, Sridharmaraj was a thousand miles away in um, Navadvip. And um, Prabhupada passed away in November of 1977. And then the governing body of ISKCON would meet every year in Mayapur, that was in March. So in March they, they got together and here they had to decide how they were going to proceed in Prabhupada's absence, so they went to Sridhar Marsh because Prabhupada had advised. And they asked, they started a relationship with Sridhar Marsh that lasted from 1977 to 1982. They were, what is the time now? It's 12 minutes to 8. Okay, so uh, uh, History gets more interesting here as we go, but uh, I don't know how much time we'll have to finish. But at any rate, they they be, they started a, a, a what five six year relationship, five year relationship with Sridhar Marsh. GBC would go and ask different questions and so forth, and we have it all all the tapes, and we have transcribed it all the relevant conversations, and we put them together in a book called Our Affectionate Guardians. How many of you have read the book, Our Affectionate Guardians? So that's an important uh, read. It's, uh, we wanted to preserve the history. And uh, you'll see there that Sridhar Marsh was extremely wise, extremely generous, kind, a harmonizer always, hmm? trying to harmonize differences. And they were having differences and they were having struggles and uh, how to proceed, and some of the gurus that uh, were uh, in charge were um, kind of less than nourishing the their constituents, uh, godbrothers, and so forth. It was, it was a very difficult uh, time, a lot of confusion and so forth about Guru Tattva, and, and Sridhar's counsel was super excellent, super excellent. But some of these young men also were trying their, uh, you know, they were also, they, they, some of them had some trepidation about Sridhar Marsh because there was a general mandate from Prabhupada that the godbrothers, you know, you watch out for them. Hmm? And although Sridhar Marsh um, had that kind of relationship I'm describing, still it, they, they fostered that and they didn't know anything but Prabhupada. Prabhupada was everything. So how much advice they could get from Sridhar Marsh, they weren't sure and... Uh, and um, they weren't very mature, a lot of them, to appreciate what his contribution was. And and one thing led to another, and uh, to, uh, I should go into the details of that history, but um, I don't think we have the time. To cut to the chase, uh, in 1982, the GBC decided that, that no one should go to hear from Sridhar Marsh. And if anyone wanted to remain in ISKCON, they couldn't go. Uh, to t take shiksha from Sridhar Marsh. Those who had been taking shiksha from Sridhar Marsh, they would have to give that up in order to remain in ISKCON. And one of those persons was a guru in ISKCON who had difficulty, and Sridhar Marsh was helping him, and uh, they tried to make him sever his relationship with uh, 
with Sridhar Marsh. So that caused a split, and he left. Hmm? It's a big story. Um, but I was there for all of that, and it was very, um, very unbecoming the way th- uh, the GBC c- uh, conducted themselves and made Sridhar Marsh out to be an enemy. Hmm? Which, if you look at the history, you can see there's, there's, there's no... There's no cause for that whatsoever. He had no ambition at all. He never made any effort whatsoever to promote himself or to take over ISKCON or even uh, some of the devotees who were in ISKCON and taking Siksha from him when it was allowed. They wanted to put his picture on the altar rather than one of their, you know, their god brothers and Shidomarj wouldn't let them. He said, no, I don't want to be a disturbance in ISKCON. Prabhupada set up his altar in a certain way in ISKCON. Shouldn't be, you know, there shouldn't be, I don't want to be there. So he was very um, backward pushing, as he described himself, not one to push himself into the forefront. But he came naturally into the forefront by Krishna's arrangement. For anyone who had a pure enough heart to see that he was, you know, the person who could have harmonized and united us all if we would have all listened to him. But they went against him and, and they began to vilify him, actually. Um, here, there, and everywhere, and went on a big campaign uh, against him. It was shocking to him, absolutely shocking to him. And he never responded to it, really. He never, you know, tried to get back at them or anything. He just said, he said, he said they want to fight, but they cannot fight with me <laughs> hmm? because I will not fight. They cannot, it takes two to fight. I will not fight with them. I, I, they will fight with their shadow. It's all recorded. He says, I have no, I've, I, I, I'm not a party to fighting. And all the Godiamoth fighting, I never took part. I'm not taking part in this at this age. Your fights, you know. I've seen all this in Godiamoth a long time ago, when you, before you kids were born. And I'm not going to be a party. You're not going to drag me into this now. I have my position, my thoughts, my understanding of Prabhupada, and what he, what he represented and so forth, and I stand behind them. You can accept it or you cannot accept it, but these are my opinions, and you asked for them. Hmm? And my opinion is that uh, amongst you there are other qualified people, hmm? he said, amongst the gurus uh, who, who, who should be given a fair field to preach, and, and you're stifled in them. That's, that's my opinion. Hmm? And in my opinion, is that the GBC should be a managerial body, and the Acharya is is is, is a brahminical position. And uh, he uh, he he kind of gave an interesting um, idea, which is how Keshav Maharaj ran his moth. It's not how Prashuta Maharaj ran his, but Keshav Maharaj ran his like this. He had a GBC, and then and then an Acharya, and the Acharya was independent of the GBC and all issues of Siddhanta and uh, instructing the disciples on the teachings and practices and so forth, which is the business of the guru. But he he deferred to the GBC with regard to management practices per the request of the founder. In other words, Keshav Marsh desired that this is how it would go on. So the Acharya's independence was not compromised, but he deferred to the management board for management decisions at the request of his own guru. Mm-hmm. You see, you cannot compromise the scriptural position given to the guru. It's an independent position. 
He's not underneath anyone. He's not to be, you know, you know, come on. Okay, go back now. <laughs> go back. Come on. Come on. Bark. Go back. You know, he's not like that. No. Uh, but with regard to a mission and there are managerial concerns, and, you know, who, do, who probably himself didn't want to manage. That's why he formed the GBC. You guys do the management. I'll write books and preach. Hmm? So, um, so, Keshav Maharaj wanted that the Acharya would defer. So, so Shudamash recommended a system like this to ISKCON, hmm? which is what I think Prabhupada really wanted, actually. Mm-hmm. And he, he, of course, he stayed in Keshavji Gaudiamath and or, or Devananda Gaudiamath and the mission of Bhakti of of Keshav Maharaj, where they had this kind of a system. Hmm? So, um, anyway, Shudamash gave good advice, practical advice when asked, but most of his practical advice turned out to be very deep philosophical insights that he would share, which is like where he was living, you know. He'd give some example from the Leela, and, and all of a sudden you'd go there and forget the question you asked and think, wow, this is really, really good. So he had great spiritual power, and that's what the mission needed, in my estimation. But some of my God brothers in charge, they went against him, vilified him, and um, made propaganda against him that was absolutely horrible. Hmm? And... Um, a lot of us weren't privy to all of that. I mean, we heard what they said, but we didn't know the other side of the argument. That time they just closed off all doors to Sridhar Maharaj. That was in 1982. And so there were some people who had been hearing from Sridhar Maharaj, and they knew better, so they stayed with Sridhar Maharaj. And they had been recording his talks, and so they, he continued to talk for two hours a day in the morning, two hours in the evening for years. They recorded all the talks, and then they asked him if they could make a book out of the talks. And so Iskan was going on in one way, and this small group was going on in another way, it was, and they started to publish the talks of Street Marsh. So it was in 1984, two years later, that I came in touch with the first published, uh, the second really published book that came out kind of pretty close together called Sri Guru and His Grace. Hmm? And um, a godbrother of mine uh, gave it to me and said, you know, the GBC says we shouldn't hear from him. You know, I've been reading this and it seems pretty good to me. Can you read it and tell me you know, why, what's wrong with it? So I thought, okay, well, that's fair enough. There's a lot of things wrong these days. And, um, you know, I've learned now I've got to check things out for myself personally because there was, the GBC was making some really, and the gurus were doing some things that were really, questionable. And so I had started to, you know, have to think for myself and look into issues before I made a decision on them, just upon hearing and having faith in the, in the authorities. So I thought, okay, I'll read the book. There's probably something wrong with it. I mean, these guys can't be all wrong. And so I read it with that in mind. Let me find, you know, what I'm sure he's a sadhu. I thought, he must be a sadhu. And I thought, these guys left Prabhupada had some... I didn't know all the good things that I've told you today that Prabhupada said about Sridhar Maharaj. There was no database to you know, collect all of Prabhupada's uh, words and everything at the time. So, um, but I thought, well, he's a sadhu, Sridhar Maharaj. And um, Prabhupada said we could hear from him. That's why they were, they were going. So um, there's probably some subtle thing in here that the GBC, with all their wisdom, has picked up on you know, as to, which makes the whole thing, you know, not worth reading. So that's why I read it with that spirit in mind. But as I turned to pages, page after page, chapter after chapter, I began to cry. 
And I thought, no one can talk like this, <laughs> except if he comes from the same place that Prabhupada comes from. I was just, all, just all totally overwhelmed. Hmm? And it was such a pertinent issue, because it was all about Guru Tattva, which was the big issue of the time. And the answers were so definitive and so, um, so far-reaching and broad and deep at the same time. I was just overwhelmed by it. Hit me like just a ton of bricks. About halfway through the book, I was in tears, and I thought, "This is it! All this confusion since Prabhupada left. Here's the answer. It's Sridhar Marsh. This is a this is a person who who has such comprehensive understanding and and experience in the Gaudiya Math of its breakup and all and 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 the depth of of realization of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And I had been listening, you know, to these classes by the leading gurus and so forth, and they just like you know. They kind of put you to sleep. It was kind of like, Jai, and let's get out there and sell books. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was just so, I used to, was used to like, like to hear Prabhupada's class, you know, in Mayapur, we go to Mayapur, we hear their classes, and it just didn't do the same thing for me at the time. Hmm? Some were better than others, of course, but, but Sridhar was deep, and so a deep thirst was being quenched when I, when I read that. So I thought, this is it, you know? So I went to um, those who I knew, and I said, "This is this is this is this is here's a solution." And uh, what was happening at the time is that there was a there was a veritable revolt going on in ISKCON. I had renounced all any 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 uh, duty or responsibility in relation to any temple at that time. I just had a bus, a van, and I traveled around with a couple of devotees, and I would preach. To the public, I'd stop at a temple there, and I'd give class. I didn't want to be involved in, and I would sell the books. I didn't want to be involved in making the devotees and so who, who would be their guru. I was very confusing at the time. So um, wherever I went, the temple president pulled me aside and said, "What's going on? You know, this guy's doing this, and this guru is doing that, and what, what's happening here?" You know, everywhere, and it was like. You, they'll go to art, you go to class, and then, like, you know, this is what was there. Talk about this, you know. It was like, you just kind of, by you're on automatic, there was a Muzak in the background, you do the program, and then, as soon as you're free, this, what's going on, what's going on. That was like the center. It should have been, you know, the, the Artiques were the center and so forth, but that wasn't the center of everybody's consciousness. So I suggested that, look, the GBC had formed a body, of, of they, they gave the temple presidents some responsibility. The temple presidents each year should have a meeting, you know, and, and discuss issues, just like a GBC is. You know, they wanted to give them some responsibility. Anyway, so I called the, the guy who was the president of the presidents, and I said, you're supposed to be now a, a body of uh, some influence in ISKCON. Everywhere I go, this is what everybody's talking about. So why don't you call for a meeting? of the North American temple presidents. And I'll get together and share notes. And let's, you know, and tell the group you're not getting nourished. And um, this is before I read the book of Sridhar Marsh. I didn't know it, but Sridhar Marsh had said the same thing. He said that if they're not being, there should be a meeting of all the devotees. That they're not being nourished. They should go and tell, we're not getting nourished. You should, you know, pay attention to us. So anyway, I, I had said that, and, and it just struck, you know, a chord, and there it was. They started organizing the president's meeting, the first president's meeting, as a political, you know, body, 
And so they met, and then they they just they just kind of like poured their hearts out to one another, and they thought, wow. I thought I was some envious guy or something like that, but everybody's feeling this way. There is must be a problem, you know, with some of the leadership and so forth. And so um, what they did was they scheduled a second temple president's meeting. Hmm? And between the first one and the second one is when I got that book, and I, and I realized, wow, here's the solution. So I started calling them up, and they said, we don't want to have nothing to do with you. They said... Yeah, if if we bring up Sridhar Maharaj's name, the GBC will say that the whole president's body is polluted by Sridhar Maharaj's influence, and they'll give no credence to anything we say. So we don't want to touch that. You're like a you know with a ten foot pole. And so don't come to the meeting. I said, but you know I got the solution. You know, <laughs> here they don't even come. We're not into that. So there, I thought, oh my God, what now? You know, there it is. Um, and. Um, and then one of the GBCs found out about it and they called the different temple presidents in North America and they said, Tripari Marsh is in Sri Marsh, you shouldn't be allowed to come to the temple. I said, wow, that was fast. <laughs> you know, like, well, what do you do now? So I thought, I guess I'll go to Navadwi. You know? But um, when I got to San Francisco where I was going to fly out, the GBC there was a little offbeat, so to speak. And um, he said, look, you can stay here. Stay in my zone, which he had no preaching going on. He didn't have... A, good capacity to preach. He had a little rented house there, and uh, he said, you could take it over, you could preach here, and you know, I don't care if you worship Sridhar Marsh. Uh, yeah. So go for it, you know. So I thought, well, i got to go somewhere, So, and I don't really want to leave ISKCON if there's a small, you know, room somewhere where, you know, I can say what I feel, you know, and and, and express it and so forth, so... I started to work there, and then I made my plan to go to Navadweep and Kartik, which had been a more, you know, appropriate time for going a few few months or whatever it was away. And so, um, but it, it it kind of didn't work out. And um, so, my affinity for Sridhar Marsh was not as as accommodated as 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 much as he made out that it would be, because then it was now it was becoming a problem for him. So, at any rate, and I said, okay, enough's enough. And I, I went to Navadweep. And, and meanwhile, there were devotees who had printed the book, Sri Guru's Grace and others, were in San Jose. So that's close, as you know, to San Francisco. So I would go there and see them sometimes. And we were thinking at the time that it's just a matter of time before everyone recognizes Sridhar Marsh and, you know, it, it's all over and we're back on track again. So we were working towards that and preaching where we could and so forth. And I had a foot in ISKCON there and... And we were trying to, uh, different, like Redine on the marsh came there. We pre- uh, He preached to me and I preached back to him and I took him to San Jose and then they preached to him down there and we really spun his head around actually. He went to Los Angeles and said, actually, Shudo Marsh is pretty good. And Ramos were heard about it. He was in Chicago and he called his people and said, tell Redine on the marsh, he's not welcome in my zone anymore. You know. <laughs> so, you know, that was the kind of thing that was going on. It was terrible. So at any rate, I left then. I went to Shudo Marsh. I asked his blessings to do, to serve, and uh, I came. This the first time you went to see him? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and, um, and I stayed there, you know, while we were doing the Kartik, and, and uh and they came back then and I initiated some students and and uh we began 
And at that time, um, ISKCON was very different than it is now. It was a very much smaller group, very tightly knit. Now it's so porous, like you can find so many people, for example, like in North Carolina, they're members of ISKCON, but they don't ever go to the temple, or they could give a hoot what the GBC ever said or did. They have no idea, but they identify themselves with ISKCON as members in a loose way and so forth. It wasn't like that. People were really tightly knit and, and so forth. So Sridhar Marsh was billed as the enemy, so people who went with Sridhar Marsh were thought to have, they rejected Prabhupada, and they're the scum of the earth, you know, basically is how they thought about us. So we had to, you know, we had to deal with that and gradually um, go forward and um, preach and establish something. And uh, today's the Tirubhava Sridhar Marsh, so in 19, whatever it was, maybe 88, I think, he, he left then from the world. We were, my mission, we had a small place in San Francisco at the time. And um, I used to go there and as often as, uh, as possible. And, um, and um, we would sometimes initiate, our Marjasas initiate people as his disciples as Ritviks, if we couldn't secure their own faith. And so we had some disciples of Sridhar Maharaj, some of other, others were doing this too. A few other godbrothers like myself, we had our own little missions. We would initiate some disciples and so forth. This way we, we gradually went forward and, um, you know, anyway, for, for us here, in our group, Sri Chitam Sangha, we had some success really in uh, establishing with the position of Sridhar Maharaj, what his actual contribution was, and many more books were, were, were printed by the devotees in San Jose, by my Gabbadan Narsingha Maharaj. I helped to print some um, as well. Um, some of the publication, publications that came out of San Jose. So, uh, and, then, and after that, we've done a lot of preaching and, and been able to help a lot of devotees understand the contribution of Sridhar Maharaj. But unfortunately, even to this day in, in ISKCON, it's not widely understood and appreciated. And as I mentioned earlier today, I have been led on to a forum of Prabhupada's disciples just uh, within the last week, and on a particular issue, I was asked to comment, and I did, and then they let me on. And so then they started asking me lots of questions, and some people attacked me and for being a deserter of Prabhupada. So I had to defend myself and explain the reality and so forth. And uh, basically, I explained a lot of these things, and I was able to be share some some realities with people who have just imbibed a certain idea of Sridhar Marsh from authorities who they themselves have rejected now because they all left. And they never looked, you know, beyond their source to the actual source or people who were involved. So it's nice to be able to share that with them, but it's un, it's it's un, un, uh, it's unfortunate that, that uh, even to this day you find that kind of uh, confusion and offense like that is I've likened it to an atomic bomb you know there's a big explosion and there's radiation it goes can stay around for a long time and so even one person became extremely offensive about Sridhar Maharaj on the, on the forum and wrote things unbelievable others criticized him and took him to task some of them so that side was there too others were silent and it's not something you should be silent about you should speak up and say you know I don't cut his tongue out or whatever, you know, <laughs> kind of a thing. So, so anyway, still, we are still burdened by the, uh, the task of, of um, 
helping the devotees understand the contribution of Sridhar Maharaj, which is immense. Really, he was the substantial su- successor within ISKCON of, 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 of Prabhupada. I mean, it's, it's interesting because he himself said the Guru Parampara goes in a zigzag way, like the Ganges goes down the Himalayas like this. So, so you know, he was uh, joined the mission before Prabhupada, and he took sannyas from Bhakti Siddhanta. He, he had, was a, sor- a, a mentor of sorts in Siddhanta to Prabhupada. And then, then St. Prabhupada's campaign was far bigger than his, and you know he showed himself to be a huge preacher, and Sridhar Maharaj deferred to him in that regard. And uh, and then when Prabhupada passed away, he had his own mission, but he became really the, if you look for essence rather than form, which we, as we should, the successor of of Prabhupada. And he wanted to help Prabhupada's disciples fit into the shoes of being his successors. Hmm? That's all he wanted. And so he helped me. So, by his grace, I'm somewhat <laughs> successful in wearing those shoes. And it's important to um, to make uh, make that that clear that uh, that uh, my contribution is is the combined mercy of Prophet and Sridhar Marsh. And. Uh, and the Siksha of Sridhar Maharaj that I benefited from an association is something that Prabhupada wanted his, all his disciples to be able to take advantage of and grand disciples. So it's, it's our heritage, so to speak. This is our uncle, a great uncle. And uh, he had so much kindness, so much compassion, so much really concern for the future of Prabhupada's disciples and his, and his formal mission. Hmm? Um, if if you if people could who are critical of him could understand that they would weep hmm? they don't have the they, such people have have not a fraction of the capacity to really care for what iskon is really about in a formal sense and in a deep deep sense uh, not a fraction of the understanding and the caring and the compassion that i saw in pujapad bhakti rakshak sri radev goswami Maharaj. so how can i Turn away from that. From unexpected quarters, uh, you know, I met with um, a leaf, if you will, scattered in the wind from the same tree that uh, Prabhupada came from. Brahmanda Brahmitekon Bhagavan Ji Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai Bhakti Lotavij. Krishna arranges that, hmm, that we meet our guru or gurus hmm, in this case. So it's important for all of you to understand some of this history and. Um, and uh, share it as the opportunity pr- presents itself. You're very fortunate to come in a lineage that's uh, blessed by um, these two great disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Pujapad Bhakti Rakshak Siddhartiv Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai. Jai Omishnapadesi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupad Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanande. Haribo.